All right, we're going to dig into Colossians 3 a little more, verses 12 through 15 particularly. We're going to pull out some virtues that we find there and look at how, how we can put those on. The picture in this whole passage in um, Colossians 3, 5 through around 17 is that of putting off the old style of clothing and putting on the new style. Once you come to Christ, uh, what happens is you, you turn around from going your own way. You begin to walk God's way. And that means that you have to keep choosing to be renewed in the knowledge of, of Christ and the knowledge of God uh, through Jesus Christ. He, he keeps helping you to understand more about him and begin to take off the old clothes that don't really fit your style as someone who follows Christ and put on the new one. So that's what we've been looking at in this series. Last week we began to look at uh, the right style or approach to our relationships. And we dug in and found out that if you want to make relationships lasting and good, that you need love. Love is the core virtue for lasting relationships. Uh, And it's a certain kind of love, agape love is the way that God loves and wants us to love others. And God's love, agape love, works its way out into our lives uh, in a very, very practical way. It wears the clothing of sacrifice and service. Agape love is, is practical. You do what's best for the other person regardless of how you feel. And then we found that God actually motivates us. Once you commit your life to Christ... He comes to live in you in the person of his Holy Spirit, and he motivates us toward this kind of love. He he helps us with it. I I really appreciate that. I need I need the help because the picture is if if you were here last week, you may remember the picture is that at at the time we decided to, to make Christ Lord, we put off this old way. And now we're to put on the new way. But the problem is we're so comfortable with the old style and the old ways that we keep slipping back into the old clothes. And so the Holy Spirit lives in us to remind us and to help us when we're doing that. He, he, he lives it. The, the last phrase in uh, verse 11 says Christ is all and he is in all. He's living in us to help us to make this shift and it's something that we'll be working on from the moment you commit your life to Christ till the day you die you're working on it after that boom life is different we're in heaven we're wearing the new clothes all the time the old clothes are gone and life is really good but between now and then we're working on this stuff and God motivates us toward agape love this certain kind of love his spirit helps with this and then if you get into verse 15 16 and 17, you find out what God's done to help us with that. The peace of Christ he's given us is to rule in our hearts. It's to be the umpire. It blows the whistle when things are, when we're, you know, when we're not wearing the right kind of clothes, when we're not putting on the right virtues. The Holy Spirit blows the whistle in our hearts, says, oh, that was a foul. You're out of bounds. And we choose whether or not we're going to cooperate with that. So that's why... The verse says, it's a command that says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When the Holy Spirit blows the whistle, okay, that's right, I'm out of bounds. I need to get back. I need to get back in bounds. God, you're right. 
that was the wrong thing to say. That was the wrong thing to do. Thank you for your forgiveness. Will you fill me and help me wear the right stuff in the way I treat people? So when the Holy Spirit blows the whistle, we let the peace of Christ rule and confess it, surrender, and and ask God to help us get back on track. Another thing the Lord's given us is the word of Christ. And this is this is a very important thing that God's provided, the scriptures, the both the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, we're to use these as a mirror that we check ourselves against. So as we're walking through this this passage in this series, one of the things God wants to do, actually verse 16, it's not in your handout or on the screen, but it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's what that scripture says. So we're to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. That, that literally means we're to let it make its home in our hearts, to make, it, make its home in us. We're to soak it up. And that's one of the things that God does is we get together here and worship. The central thing that goes on is we dig into the scripture and we find out what God's saying about life. And then we get together in small groups during the week. Same thing. We're, we're, we're talking, we're teaching and admonishing one another. We sing psalms and hymns that are based on scripture, the truths in scripture. Because we need to keep soaking in the word of Christ. Our tendency is to slip back into the old clothes. But one of the, the, the ways that God uses the scripture is it's a mirror. We look into the mirror and we say, you know, wearing a shirt right now that doesn't fit the new style. I need to change it. And that's what God does. As you get into the scripture, it's a mirror that we check ourselves against. You know, boy, what, what I said the other day or what I did at work, hmm, that was the old way. I need, I need to drop that. Or, wow, the way I treated the family, hmm, that wasn't right. I, I need to drop that. So, as, as we do this, as we get into the scripture and soak it up, the word is a mirror that the Holy Spirit uses to show us how we're out of sync with the new style in Christ. And, and so he, he motivates us through this as we begin to recognize these things to admit it, to confess our wrong, to surrender to the Lord and ask him for help. We need his help to wear the new clothes. Um, we need to ask for his help every day. God, would you help me put on the virtues that honor you and bless the people that you put in my life? So we're digging into primarily, as I said, Colossians three twelve through 15, which says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we're, we're loved by God with this same kind of love, this agape love. We're chosen for a reason, to serve him, to fulfill his purpose with our lives. We're set apart for that purpose. That's what holy means. We're to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, here are the virtues, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love is the belt that holds these things together. And it's actually the, 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 
the virtue that everything else flows out of. We're looking at compassion and kindness today, and that those are extensions of this kind of love that that we choose for the people around us that models God's love that doesn't have anything to do with the people we're loving. It has to do with our choice to do what's right by them, regardless of how we feel. So today we're going to look at two virtues that particularly help us to connect to other people when we're beginning to get disconnected or feel distant. These things help you reconnect to the people around you. And they can be a choice that grows out of this agape love. That's what they do. Compassion and kindness grow out of agape love. We see in verse 14 how love is the thing that binds all these together. And then in verse 12, it says that we're to put on compassion and kindness. Compassion is allowing another's need to get to my heart. That's what it means. It's, it's, it, there's a tenderness to compassion. As you dig into the Greek, which this, these verses were originally written to, there's usually a lot more richness to that language. And as you dig in, you find out that there's a, a tender sympathy that you have toward another person. And we would say they, they use it a different. They, they looked at their, their guts. You know, it gets to your gut when you see another person in need. We, we would say it gets to your heart. They used a different picture there for your insights. But the idea is it's not just something that kind of comes to your mind and you let go. But, boy, they, they really touches you. you. You allow another person's need to get to your heart when you show compassion. You know, we get desensitized to things. We see, if you watch TV, you see so many images on TV of people in need that it's very easy to, to get desensitized by this onslaught. We also get desensitized by our own concerns, you know, and it's easy to grow past a stage in life and not take the struggles of people at another stage very seriously. You know, when you get to high school, what do you say? Yeah, that's so junior high. I mean, really. Come on. You get to college and, well, these high school people, you know, I tell you what. So, I mean, you get the idea. We, we, get, we get past one stage, you know. We've been married a while and then the newlyweds, they'll get over it. You know, it'll be all right. And, and so it's very easy to allow where we're at and what we're into and the things we're dealing with to desensitize us to the stuff that other people are going through and dealing with. It's, it's very easy to get wrapped up in your own world and not be touched by the others. And there, there is a, there is a certain sense in which you just can't, if, if you can't take all the onslaught of the images on TV, turn it off. Because there's a real world right now, here and now, that God has put you in that he wants you to serve and minister to. He wants you to show compassion for the people. And it's so easy because the media, the media onslaught comes at us. It's so easy to get desensitized. If that's happening, just shut it down and set your heart to show compassion to the people that you relate to every day. And ask God to help you with that. But anyway, that's what compassion is. 
You allow another's need to get to your heart. Kindness, genuine compassion will lead to kindness. And that is helping someone else with their goals and interests. You show kindness when you see the needs of others, and then you take the time and you go to the trouble to meet those needs. That's what it means to be kind. As you see an opportunity, you help somebody else out with their need or their goal. It's not really expected, nor is it a part of your job description. Sometimes we go through, if you're going through life, Handling relationships and dealing with your responsibilities at a job description level. I guarantee you your relationships are going to struggle. You know, you're, you've got the contract in the back of your mind. Well, this is part of my contract is being married. You know, I'm only supposed to do this, nothing more. Or you're at work or in ministry. You know what? My role on this team in ministry is only this. Or in this group, this is what I'm supposed to do. You're just sort of living at a job description level. If you're doing that, then you're not connecting. I can almost guarantee you're not connecting with the people around you. So kindness is helping somebody else out with their goals or their needs. It's not really expected, but you push through and you do it anyway. Compassion helps us to see the need and feel it. And then kindness takes action to meet the need or help with the goal. If you see a gap widening in your relationships, like your relationship with your husband or wife, if you're married, or your, maybe your roommate, or a child, or if you're a parent, or if you have parents that you're relating to, there's a gap between your parents and you or friends, co-workers, people you serve with here in church life. If there's a gap that's beginning to wide, widen and you begin to feel the distance, you feel disconnected, bridge the gap through compassion and kindness. I hit several points in raising my own kids where I began to feel distant. And I'd ask God for help. Lord, help me connect with them. Help me, help me to see what they're going through. Help me to take it seriously. And, and help me to have compassion and then show me how to connect and, and get back to this relationship that you want. If you're irritated and, or angry or life's stale because of those things, then begin to look at life from the vantage point of those around you. Try to get in touch with it. Um, saw this movie on Friday, Cindy and I, called Vantage Point. And it basically, I don't know if, you know, some of you may have seen it. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Don't worry. I I get nervous when people talk about movies I want to see, and I'm not sure what they're going to do. But anyway, the you see the same scene six to eight times. You, You go through it, and you see it from different vantage points. So each time you see it, you gain more information. Now, I read that in the in the L.A. Times. I knew that was going to happen, so it won't ruin the movie for you. But um, so what happens is it keeps rewinding and you go back, you see it. But what happens is the story begins to fill in as you go along and you understand more about it. If you're distant or disconnected, you're struggling in relationships, you're irritated and angry and the thing's stale. 
Hit the rewind button. Go back through. Try to see it from new angles. Ask God to help you with this. He sees it from all angles. So you can ask God to help you to see what's going on. And then show compassion and take kindness. Kindness may be that you just need to sit down and have a talk and work it out and, and think, think things through. You, you see, it was interesting in that movie, you see what they did and why, because they, they showed you different things, reactions, and you didn't know why. And then you began to understand. Same thing happens in our relationships. Rewinding or thinking things through, looking at the vantage point of another person, helps us to know how to love them and connect with them through compassion and kindness. In, in this passage... There's some real help for putting on kindness and compassion. We're going to look at how to do that. How do you put on compassion and kindness? There, there are also some other passages we're going to look at as well. But beginning in this one, Colossians 3.5, says, Starve the appetites that cause you to use people. That's, that's the thrust of verse 5 there. It says, Put to death. Starve them. You've got to take these things out. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, that old, the old set of clothes, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. This is a list of things that causes us to view others as objects to use for our own purpose. You, know, you get into sexual immorality, wrong thoughts, lust. You, you begin to use, you, you, you put you in a position where people become objects. Same with greed, man. You just want to run over everybody. You don't care. You're just trying to get more and gain more money. People just are chess pieces that we use to get what we want. God says that we need to put these things to death. Sometimes we just want to grow out of them. We're so used to them that... We just, let's just, maybe we'll just grow out of them and we won't really be too harsh with these things. But no. Scripture here says it's like an ruptured appendix. The only way to deal with it is to yank the thing out. Actually, don't yank it. Take the knife, go under the knife, (laughs) and have surgery. These are things that you've got to cut out. No amount of positive talk or self-effort is going to Get rid of these things. You've got to put them to death. It's the right way to deal with them. Stop them dead in their tracks. Ask God for help with this. Second thing we we do, verse 8 shows us that we need to get rid of the attitudes that blind you to the needs and goals of others. So we put to death the appetites that cause us to want to use others, and then we get rid of the attitudes. It's that word put off. The picture, again, is the... The, the clothing, the wrong style. We put off those things. We get rid of it. That old dirty shirt, we throw it off. These things blind you particularly to the needs and goals of others. Anger, rage, and malice. That's what it says. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, and malice. Anger is that simmering. That irritation, that low-level frustration. It's a chronic thing. The word here, this Greek word, a chronic attitude where you're frustrated and irritated and cranky. You are just no fun to be around if you're an angry person. Rage is an acute thing. It's an outburst of anger where you just you blow up and you let people have it. 
wrath, or malice, I'm sorry, rage and wrath are the same thing. Malice is a deep-seated ill will toward another where you just want, you want harm to be done to them and you may be the instrument that you use to do it. If you're wearing these things in a relationship or if you just wear them in general, you need to throw those things off like a dirty shirt. You just spilled spaghetti sauce on it. It's, it's just not working anymore. You need to get rid of it. And listen to the peace of Christ. If you're angry and irritated and frustrated and you're, you have this chronic attitude toward people, there's frequent outbursts or there's a sense of malice, that's not going to sit well with the Holy Spirit in you if you're following Christ. It's not going to go well. And so the peace of Christ is going to be blowing the whistle on these things. They're out of bounds. And so listen. Listen to him. Ask him for help in working through and dealing with, with these attitudes that are causing real problems in your relationships. Next, we need to gain perspective from the word of Christ. Verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and sing psalms and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. This is how we change our style. We let the word of God The word of Christ dwells in us, and it gives us important perspective. A couple perspectives that really help if we want to show compassion and kindness to other people are, first of all, that God connects with us through compassion and kindness. This is the way that God has loved us. We were distant from God. There was a gap between us. That needed to be bridged. And God chose to bridge the gap. He showed compassion and kindness to us. Look at Titus 3, 4 through 5. It says, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. There's that tender-hearted mercy that God has shown to us. There was a distance between ourselves and God. Because of sin, because of our rebellion, because we've decided to go our own way. That cut us off from knowing God personally. It stacked up a debt that we owed God. Because he made us. He made us. And he gave us the choice of whether or not we're going to follow him. But it's right to follow him. He gave us life. It's right to. So that when we decided to rebel and go our own way, and every one of us has, the scripture says... It stacked up this debt. And what God did, he didn't write us off. He paid the debt. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the debt for our sin. His death, burial, and resurrection paid the price for us. And so now we have a relationship with him because God, out of love, took the initiative to show compassion and kindness to us. If you really understand God's kindness, then you will not let anger or fits of rage or malice continue in your life. You will put them to death. You will get rid of them as they come up. Now, we're going to struggle with these. It's normal to struggle, but as they come up, if you really understand God's compassion and kindness, you recognize, wow, I, I don't have any ground to stand on here. 
how can I be angry when God has shown me this kindness? That's what Ephesians 4.32 says. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. There it is, that, that combination of compassion and kindness. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's where our motivation comes from. We also find some other perspective in the Word. God's Word shows us that we need to refuse to show contempt for God's kindness. And the way we do that is through judgment. If, if you've connected with God and you have decided to follow him, you've experienced his forgiveness, you and I, we do not have a right to judge other people and write them off as worthless and useless any longer. And we, we find ourselves, there's a real temptation to become self-righteous and holier than thou as we learn and grow and begin to develop in our walk. But Romans 2, 3 and 4 says, So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them, and yet do the same things. You ever find yourself doing that on the freeway? Oh, look at that jerk. You know, a little while later, you're doing the same thing. Uh-oh. We do this. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? Now, we're fairly thick-headed as, as human beings. I am. And so it takes a while for this to sink in. But as we allow the word of Christ to make its home in us, we begin to realize how important it is to God that it spills over into the other people in our lives. The kindness of God shouldn't lead us to self-righteousness or to judgment, but it should lead us to show the same kind of kindness and compassion. You ever throw a big party for a friend or you do something kind for them and show compassion to them and they're just not in the mood? How do you react? Now, is that the thanks I get? Is that? Is that? Well, come on. I, I've been there. What we tend to think and say is, after all I've done for you. You know what? God, God has the same experience almost every day of our lives, I'm sure. But he doesn't, he, he may think it, <laughs> After, after all I've done for you. But he continues out of love to show compassion and kindness to you and I. And he is always ready to connect with us. And so there's a disconnect for those of us who know God and walk with him and have experienced his compassion and kindness and forgiveness and, and love when we do not show that to others, when we continue in judgment of the people around us. So we refuse. There's a choice we make. I'm going to refuse to show contempt for God's kindness. And I want to be kind to the people around me and love them. Finally, develop a heart of compassion that leads to acts of kindness. Philippians 2, 1 through 2 says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. In other words, don't just think about encouraging things to do and say, or don't just think about kindness. 
do them. Do these things. Go ahead and do what it takes to bring unity. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm constantly thinking of, of things I'm grateful for. And the words don't always come out. Sometimes it's because I'm angry or frustrated or irritated. Or I don't know. You know sometimes we, we don't say the encouraging things because it's sort of humbling sometimes to admit that you appreciate somebody else. I don't know what the reason is. We have these, these reasons that we don't do it. But go ahead and say it. If you think it, say it. Say the encouraging stuff, the things you're grateful for. Wow, what a difference. Step out to show kindness. You can be very, very kind with your tongue. Your, your tongue, your words, hold a lot of power in them. So if you withhold the kindness that you can speak with your tongue, you're not releasing the power of those words in the relationship. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. And so it's, it's interesting that we're in these relationships, we're grateful, we think of encouraging things to say, but we hold back. And we're not, there's power of life in those words. There is life there that makes it good, that makes other people want to be around us and continue to be in this relationship. So if you think those things, speak them. If you can see acts of kindness that you can do, oh, it's, going to take a, it's going to take a little work here to do this. Push through. Push through and show the kindness to those. That's what this verse is saying. If you've had these things from being connected with Christ, go ahead and show the kindness and compassion to the people around you. And do so with the strength and the power and the energy that God provides. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word that guides us, that provides a mirror, Father, for our own attitudes and actions and Things that we need to, to change. God, thank you for your faithfulness, your grace that you pour out into our hearts and lives and, and that you use, you just, you love us, God, just like we are. You've accepted us. So as we move forward to change clothes, as we see the old stuff, it gets discouraging, but we can realize you, you are going to continue to show compassion and be kind to us as we set out to live inside the bounds that you've given for us. Lord, I pray for your help as you've spoken to us this morning. I pray for your help in following through and in uh, carrying out the things you've said, the things you pointed out for us to do. Help us to do this by your power and strength in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hi, my name is Lindsay Frieden, and I've been attending CIV for three and a half years. Um, I'm married to Jeff for a year and a half, and I'm an art teacher um, for 7th and 8th graders at Shamal Middle School. I also committed my life to Christ nine years ago. Well, about a month ago, um, Jeff and I wanted to go to the Block in Orange to go shopping. And that morning I woke up and I just felt I had all these certain places I wanted to go to. And usually when I have an agenda, I get really anxious because I want to make sure it gets done. And when I get anxious, I usually get really rude towards Jeff if my plans don't go right. And also, I get um, really harsh with my words towards him. Uh, But while we were shopping, I realized that if I continued to push my agenda, uh, it was going to ruin the day. 
there were certain stores I wanted to go to, and uh, I expected Jeff to know what I was thinking, and when he didn't get it, I got mad at him. Um, but during this time, Jeff really showed me compassion. Uh, he asked me what I needed and what I wanted to get accomplished, and he was really patient with me. He also showed me um, kindness when I was rude to him. And um, I realized that I was getting upset over not going to the crepe shop before the surf shop and um, that I need to let that go in order to have a good afternoon and enjoy time, um, just spending time together. I realized that I had two paths to pick. I could pick my way and putting my agenda first, or I could pick putting um, Jeff and our marriage first. Um, before I was a Christian, I put my needs first before others, and that just really ended up having tension and um, tough relationships. In Ephesians 4.23, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. And this verse really comforts me because it shows me that God forgave me for the things that I have done, for, done wrong. And also, um, it shows me and it motivates me that I need to show compassion and kindness to others. Um, Now that I've seen the value of going God's way, um, when Jeff and I focus on compassion and kindness, um, we get along better um, because we're not looking for, well, we're looking for each other's needs and not only our own needs. Um, And also in Ephesians 6, 8, it shows that God rewards people for the good that they do. And this really comforts me because God shows me that when we are, um, that we are going to have a better marriage when we focus on compassion and kindness.